Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Wednesday, April 20th. We begin with a look at the rising price of home electric and heating bills in our province. We get details on a new study about what's behind the increase from the School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary. Next, we continue our conversation on energy with a look at a green solution. We learn about new technology created by a Calgarian which recycles heat energy from wastewater. We catch up with Lynn Mueller, CEO of Shark Energy Systems. It's one more sign of the diversification of Alberta's economy. We get details on the Alberta Technology Symposium taking place this week at the Grand Theatre. And finally, it's National Canadian Film Day, a nationwide celebration featuring more than 1,000 events where audiences can be entertained by all that Canada has to offer when it comes to film. We get details from Jack Bloom, Executive Director of Real Canada. Energy bills... Have Albertans sweating right about now. And a new study from the U of C School of Public Policy explores what is behind these rising power prices. With insight, we are joined by Blake Schaefer, Assistant Professor, Department of Economics, School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary. Good morning to you, Blake. Oh, We've got a bit of a technical issue. Sometimes people ignore me, but that's not the case. <laughs> I'm blaming it on the snow. Could be that, you know, he got caught outside, maybe <laughs> ran up. Just before this interview, I'm going to go clear the walk. Blake, I could Brian. I could hear him very faintly, so we're obviously having a bit of a phone line issue. Tony is on it. He will uh, recall our guest, and uh, we'll get to and, them in just you know, a moment. These, these prices, for example, people were complaining about them maybe a month and a half, two months ago. And yeah. I thought, ha-ha, my bills haven't gone up. Man, I got my ATCO bill, and it was probably one and a half times higher than it normally was. And if you recall, yeah, we had some half-decently cold days, but we keep it pretty pretty even, Stephen. So when we talk about the home energy costs, I thought, I, you know, I'd, I'd done my due diligence, and I'd, I'd chosen the right plan, and I'm riding that thermometer, mm. inside thermometer, thermostat. I just look at the thermometer and just, <laughs> hey, kids, put on a sweater. That's what I'm, that's what my home I think. Well, that's not a bad idea because otherwise we are going to have to remortgage our homes in order to pay our power bills and, and our heat bills and all the other bills right now because, boy, everything sure has gone up. Like the price of food wasn't bad enough, but everything else has started climbing as well. I, you know, I, I drive a mid-sized to smaller SUV and $75 yesterday. It didn't quite fill the tank. Wow. It was insane. All Crazy. right. So here we are. Now we have joined assistant professor from the Department of Economics School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary, Blake Schaefer. Good morning to you, Blake. Good morning. I think we fixed our phone issue. Yay. Okay, good, good. I wasn't too sure what was going on, but I'm glad that you're not ignoring us. All right. <laughs> no. So, uh, Professor, what is behind the rising energy prices in the province? What do you point to? Um, yeah, so this is something we, we've dug into for the past few months. I mean, we're hearing a lot of folks point the finger at different things, like transmission costs rising or, or the carbon tax. Uh, we dug into this, um, some research, and what we found, breaking it down, is you know, demand is higher. Demand is up about 3% in 2021 versus 2020, coming out of a COVID recession. That added about one cent per kilowatt hour. So that explains about 15% of the change. Uh, natural gas prices are higher, and that's important because natural gas powers or fuels most of the power plants in the province. That adds um, about $6 per megawatt hour, or about 10% of the change. The carbon price is up $10 per ton. Um, that gets a lot of attention, but that only added about $2.50 per megawatt hour, so less than 4% of the change. So that leaves two-thirds of the change 
not explained by changes in the cost to generate power. And what's really happened is a change in the bidding behavior of power companies. So here in Alberta, unlike most of the rest of Canada, where you're on regulated tariffs, uh, here power companies offer into the market at whatever the market will bear. And in 2021, they raised their offer prices substantially over their cost to generate, uh, increasing their markup. And that explains about two-thirds of the price change. And that ultimately flows through to our bills, because about half of Albertans are on floating rates that directly link to that wholesale market. So it's a markup by the power companies? Yeah, yeah. So it's like any other market. You know, you go buy an Apple iPhone. Apple's not charging you exactly their cost. They're trying to make back some money above their cost to earn a return on their investment. So power is no different than that. Here in Alberta, they're not guaranteed recovery of all of their costs. So they have to make something above their cost to generate. Uh, in 2020, that average markup was about $9 per megawatt hour, so 0.9 cents per kilowatt hour. In 2021, the markup jumped to $44 per megawatt hour. So what we're seeing is a really big increase in the markup. And it's really coming about because of the end of these 20-year-long PPAs. These were the, the vehicles to, to deregulate Alberta, started in 2000. They ended in 2020, meaning the market just got a lot more concentrated in 2021. So more control in the hands of a few power companies. And that's led to conditions where it is easier to raise these markups and couple that with a tighter market condition. And that's, that's what we're living through right now is, is higher markups in our market. We're focusing on our market, and we appreciate that, Professor, but I'm wondering how does our power market here in Alberta differ from the rest of Canada? Is there a difference? Oh, big difference, big, big difference. Um, so we have a true market for generation. So that means the power companies uh, compete, and you're not guaranteed as a power company to uh, get a return on your investment. You go spend a billion dollars, build a power plant. Uh, you have to then generate the power and earn something above your cost of generating to recoup the cost of that investment and earn a return. In the rest of the country, other than Ontario, Ontario is a very mixed bag that I won't even pretend to try to explain or understand, but the rest of Canada, look at BC or Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Quebec, it's regulated utilities that pretty much do everything in the power sector. So everything from generating to moving the power around to delivering it to your home and billing you. And they get to charge a regulated rate that's based on their total costs. So at the end of every year, they go to their regulator and say, hey, it cost me X billion dollars to deliver X million kilowatt hours to the customers. And the regulator says, okay, I agree with you. You can charge them 15 cents per kilowatt hour to recoup those. We don't do that here for generation. So here it's whatever the market is. And that's why we see these big swings in Alberta. So over time, it's managed reasonably well. Um, We've had periods of high prices, but periods of low prices. The big difference is there's a lot more volatility to our prices than there is in the rest of the country. So, Blake, I mean, normally, you mentioned it earlier, normally Albertans use a floating rate, you know, to pay their bills. But is there a benefit right now to switching to fixed, do you think? So I think so. You know, I'm hesitant to offer unsolicited advice, but but I guess I have been. I've been telling anyone who will listen for the past six months, get on a fixed rate. So that's an option, again, this makes us different here in Alberta than most of the rest of the country. 
you can choose. Do you want to be on a rate that moves month to month based on the whims of the market? And right now that's hurting. That's where they're really high. Or do you want to be on a fixed rate where you pay the same amount per kilowatt hour? Uh, I'm on one. Uh, I'm on one for gas right now. I, I do advocate that. I mean, it's a shame if you missed out through last winter, but it's going to continue. It looks like we have at least another year of this mm. uh, in both power and gas. So I do strongly advocate folks to go look at the best fixed rate you can get. Um, most of them allow you to switch back to a floating rate at any time. Without so penalty. You, without penalty. You have to check. some. You know, not all, but the big ones tend to offer no penalty. So even if you sign up for a five-year fixed rate, the five years is the guarantee by the company. You can leave at any time. And so if prices do weaken in a year's time, I might switch back to a floating rate then. Interesting. Thank you for your insight. We appreciate it, Blake. Cheers. Have a good day. You too. Blake Schaefer, Assistant Professor, Department of Economics, School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary. An incredible technology developed by a Canadian company recovers and recycles heat energy from wastewater going down the drain from residential and commercial buildings. Joining us with all the details on this fascinating new tech is Lynn Mueller, CEO of Shark Energy Systems. Good morning, Lynn. Thanks so much for being with us. Good morning, Sue. And uh, sounds like it's cold in Calgary. Oh. And in Denver, it's going to be 26 here today. So, Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. We, we got a ton of snow, Lynn, so we all wish we were in Denver with you. But from your warm perch this morning, then, could you explain to us uh, this new technology that you've discovered and, and are creating? Because it just sounds brilliant. Uh, thanks so much, Sue. Yeah, it's, it's pretty simple technology when you think of every day, Everybody, thank goodness, has a shower and does their dishes and laundry. All that warm water is just thrown down the drain. So I invented the products about uh, 12 years ago. So being a rather frugal person, I thought, gosh, you know, my house, I use $1,200 a year worth of hot water. Why can't I get that back? And then we did the analysis of if every house in the world is throwing away $1,000, basically, it's a it's a trillion dollars worth of energy that can be reused. So we invented uh, we invented uh, screens basically to clean up the sewer water, so you can put it through a heat pump and recover the water at four hundred percent efficient. All right. What that means, Sue, is for every dollar you spend, you get four dollars worth of heat back. And we've got some great examples right there in Calgary. All right. So yeah, I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around it. I'm in a hot bath. The water goes down the drain. And how is it? How is it actually converted, though? Well, that's where we use a heat pump. So it's it's just like your fridge, you know. Um, because I'm a working guy, I you know I pick up a six pack of warm beer on the way home every night. I put it in the fridge. A couple hours later, the beer's cold, and the the back of the fridge is warm. So it's just the same cycle with the refrigeration unit. We cool that wastewater, and then we put the heat back into the next batch of hot water you use. We don't we don't reuse the water. We just reuse that unbelievable amount of energy every day. Fascinating. We're, we're speaking with Lynn Mueller, CEO of Sharks uh, Shark Energy. So, Lynn, uh, tell us where you you mentioned some places near and in Calgary are using this technology. Who's using it and how? Yeah. Well, the very first one we did um, in that area was at, at the, the uh, Lake Louise Inn. And we just recovered the hot water from the uh, three commercial wash machines. And that saved them about $30,000 a year on propane. 
And and so that one's been in for about five years now. And then uh, Trico Homes is just putting a, a couple of our big recovery systems in a new development on McLeod Trail. So mm-hmm. once uh, once the cycle starts, the energy never leaves the building. You use the hot water, it goes back into our system, the heat's taken out of it, and then you use it again. So it's a, it's a great offset for carbon. So we offset the use of natural gas boilers to heat the hot water. $30,000. I want to get into that yeah. real quick, Lynn. $30,000, you know, when you talk about Lake Louise, that's great. It's a big operation. And I know that, you know, to get people on board in their homes, what would the average homeowner, can you break down that, what the savings would be if this tech was used in an average home? Well, you probably, you know, I know in my circumstance, I had two teenage daughters <laughs> that were doing a lot of laundry and showering. So it was about $1,200 a year. So we we recover energy at about a four to one ratio. So you could save about nine hundred dollars a year per home just on your hot water. So is this technology available to us in our homes yet, Lynn, or are you getting looked at by a lot of companies? Well, not available in homes yet. We're we're more multifamily residential okay. and big districts. So I'm in Denver today to do the ribbon cutting at a district that will heat 250 acres of new development there's a university a hospital and uh, it's all powered by the the sewer Um, i shouldn't say powered it's all driven you know the heat and cooling is done by the Mm -hmm. exchange with the sewer line so it uses electricity but only a quarter of what a normal system would use fascinating yeah, Lynn, it is fascinating. We appreciate you uh, you know, sharing your story, sharing insight of Shark. Uh, thanks for your time. Thanks very much. And we love Calgary. I grew up in Rimby, and uh, most of our investors are from Calgary. So we absolutely love Calgary. I'm there often. I'm going to direct people to sharkenergy.com, and that's shark with a C, sharkenergy.com. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks so much. Stay warm. Thank you. That's Lynn Mueller, CEO of Shark Energy Systems. And despite a difficult few years for Alberta businesses, Alberta's tech sector has been booming. With details on the two-day Alberta Technology Symposium coming to Calgary, we're joined by Kalea Carrington, Executive Director of the Alberta Blockchain Consortium. Good morning, Kalea. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. Let's talk a little bit about Alberta's tech sector. Seems to be getting a lot of talk of late. So how big is this growing now? Is it really becoming something that Alberta is getting known for? Oh, absolutely. We're actually, we are starting to lead the country in what we're doing in our health tech, blockchain, ag tech, logistics, supply chain, energy. We have over 3,000 companies here in Alberta alone, and our, our sector is literally growing by the day. It's absolutely incredible to see. I've been in our sector now for about 15 years, and I've seen from where it started to where it's going today. And it's, we're basically putting Canada on the map for our innovations in machine learning and blockchain. Kalea, it's been a rough two years for all businesses, all industries. So how has the tech uh, sector managed to overcome the obstacles created by COVID? 
So one of the really interesting things in terms of the technology sector is their ability to pivot. Because we're always looking at what's new and what's emerging, when it was like, all right, work from home, everyone's like, well, we kind of do that already. So it didn't impact them as much as more as some more traditional businesses. And a lot of them are just amazing entrepreneurs. They have that Alberta spirit. They're go-getters. They see obstacles. They turn them into opportunities. And they just they didn't take it as a something that was going to, you know, ruin their business. They took it as an opportunity to, how can they make it thrive even more, even though we're dealing with this situation? So it was, it was really beautiful to see the community really rallied behind each other and, and supported each other. Kalea, tell us all about this Alberta Technology Symposium. What, where, give us all the details. Well, uh, it starts this morning at 9 a.m. It's at the Grand Theater, an absolutely beautiful theater that we have in Calgary. And this this uh, tech symposium, what we're doing is we're taking this amazing thought leadership and putting it into action. So all of the, the speakers that we have here today, the event organizers, they're using this as a kickoff to a convergence plan that's going to create a step-by-step guide for how we can support and expand the ecosystem. Amazing networking opportunities. We have lots of C-suite level executives, ministers attending, decision makers, influencers, all coming here to support each other over the next two days and really see how we can just exponentially expand what we're already doing. Kalea, do I have to be in the tech sector to take part in the symposium or is this something, you know, from the outside I can go and glean more information about the tech sector? Absolutely. This this conference really is for absolutely everybody. If you're curious about technology, because like, a lot of businesses today, if they need to they look at technology, technology is already a part of their businesses. If you're using payment service systems, if they're using online e-commerce, this is a really amazing opportunity to see what's coming down the pipe and how you can support your business. Or if you're just a generally curious person and you want to learn more about what tech is, this is definitely the event for you. Or maybe moving into this industry for those looking for employment. CanadaBlockchain.ca, is that the right website to send people to? Yes, it is. Thank you. Perfect. Thanks so much for joining us and have a great one. Appreciate it. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. It begins today. That is Kalea Carrington. She's the executive director of the Alberta Blockchain Consortium. And again, the website, CanadaBlockchain.ca. It is the Alberta Technology Symposium underway as of today. If you don't know, today is National Canadian Film Day, a nationwide celebration featuring more than 1,000 events where audiences can catch a Canadian film. Joining us with details is Jack Bloom, Executive Director of Real, and that's R-E-E-L, Canada. Good morning to you, Jack. Hi. What is going on to celebrate today? And you say, you know, thousands of events. I know we only have a few minutes with you, but give us an idea of what's happening and where we can access this content. Oh, I'll tell you about each and every one of them. No, it, it, <laughs> it's true. It's actually, it, it's, it's over 1,100 events now. Because uh, Canadians have really gone crazy for this. But it's in every province, every territory, m- hundreds and hundreds of communities. Uh, there's a screening in Didsbury. There's a screening in Red Deer. Um, the, the absolute best way, and this is for people to just enjoy Canadian film. There are so many great Canadian films, and we don't get a chance to see them in our multiplexes most of the time. So that's what we're we're doing here and the best way to find something near you is to go to canfilmday.ca there's a very fun map you can find out what they're screening because this is also around the world there's 50 countries around the world with screening you can find out what they're screening in iceland if you want or you can find out what they're screening down the street from you um you can click on a map and uh, you'll see all kinds of little red uh, film strips and you can find out what they're screening and where 
canfilmday.ca. Jack, I love this because we're so inundated with American content and often to an, uh, an extent, you know, European content as well. But to be able to promote the films that are made in Canada, starring, directing, produced by Canadians, I think is really important that we take time to, to pay attention to that, isn't it? Well, we couldn't agree more. And it's precisely because, uh, as you say, just the commercial system is overwhelmed by Hollywood. Their promotional money is just dwarfs anything that anyone in the world can do. So all kinds of smaller films have a hard time finding audiences. But the movies that we're making these days are so exciting. We're spotlighting Indigenous cinema this year. And there are such great movies for Canadians to watch that reflect the Indigenous experience but are also just fantastic movies. I'm talking about films like Beans by Tracy Deer or Night Raiders, the dystopian future thriller by Dennis Goulet in, uh, in Calgary. Uh, the Calgary Underground Festival is screening um, Rhymes for Young Ghouls by Jeff Barnaby. And um, there's a beautiful film, St. Anne, that the International Film Festival is screening um, about a mother and daughter reunion. And um, those are free screenings in Calgary. And um, I really invite your listeners to uh, check those out. Or there's tons online and on, on broadcast. All of the broadcasters are running Canadian films. The streaming services are running Canadian films. You can't turn around without bumping into a Canadian film today. So take advantage of that. Good problem to have. And here in Calgary, it is a winter wonderland with some areas over 20 centimeters of snow. So, oh my God. I think Mother Nature is on board with the plan to hole up and check out some Canadian films. We'll send people to canfilmday.ca. Thanks so much for your time, Jack. Thanks for having me. Bye bye. Take care. Jack Bloom is executive director of Real Canada. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.